Welcome, everybody, to the Lockdown Lakers podcast brought to you today by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Uh, I am joined today by Pete Zayas. Pete, we have Lakers news to talk about. Finally, I wish it was better news, but, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's, uh, it's at least we got some hoops to talk about. We, uh, so, at, you know, as you've probably heard by now, Avery Bradley will not be traveling with the Lakers to Orlando to play when the NBA resumes. Uh, we had not heard about anything fam- familial to this point, right? The, the, the reasoning behind Avery Bradley potentially sitting out had a lot more to do with social consciousness and, and making sure that, that, you know, the, the league wasn't a, a distraction. I still feel kind of iffy knowing the detail, quite frankly, like I was thinking about this today while I was driving, I was like, really kind of sucks that in order for an NBA player to make this choice, like you have to dive into the health situation of one of his kids. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like it, it, it kind of sucks that that's what it takes to uh, humanize a professional athlete, but that's where we are. And uh, you know, I, I'm going to go ahead and read here. This is from uh, Woj. Quote, at the forefront of Bradley's decision to remain with his family is the well-being of his oldest, of the oldest of he and his wife, Ashley's three children, his six-year-old son, Liam. Liam Bradley has a history of struggling to recover from respiratory illnesses, and it's unlikely he could have been medically cleared to enter the Orlando bubble with his family. Um, quote, as, com- uh, as committed to my Lakers teammates and the organization as I am, I ultimately play basketball for my family. And so at a time like this, I can't imagine risking any decision that might put my family's health and well-being at even the slightest risk. As promised also, I will use this time to focus on the uh, formation of projects to help uh, strengthen my communities. That's from Avery Bradley himself. Look, I, I-, I know... I know jumping to like the worst parts of fandom is kind of the easy thing to do here. So I'm, I'm just going to ignore the people who were replying, uh, replying to him. Uh, some people jumped in my mentions to say that he wouldn't deserve a ring if the Lakers won one. Uh, I'm just going to ignore it because I think it's really fucking gross. But uh, I do think, you know, in general, the response to this has been mostly positive as he makes a decision that any father would make. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I don't think the players necessarily owe us a an explanation. Yeah. They choose not to go. There are enough perfectly valid reasons not to participate that, like, all I got to hear is, oh, this guy's not coming? Okay, that's yeah. that's up to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, when you throw in all of the factors that, uh, that are specific to his situation, like, yeah, I mean, I... Good luck to Avery. You know, I, I I hope he enjoys the playoffs as much as we do. And, you know, Lakers bring home a title. You know, that's honestly, man, that's about my, the extent of my feelings about that, man. It's totally within his right. I got no problem with it. Yeah. I mean, it, what it's always come down to when players were going to make this decision is they have things going on in their life that force their hand on, on some of this stuff. And you know, like for me, we're, we're in general, we're much better at sympathy than empathy, right? And at empathy, we aren't very good at <laughs> at all. But, but for me, you know, I come from, so Jen has, uh, has dealt with arthritis her whole life. I deal with a heart condition. So Avery is going to have something going on. And, yeah. you know, when I hear about what Bradley, what went into Bradley's decision here, it, it was 
it was pretty straightforward that that's a decision that I would have made a hundred times out of a hundred. And, and he's, it's, he's perfectly within his right to do it. And any criticism, uh, criticism of him making this decision, quite frankly, makes you to be the asshole. If you're the one out there criticizing him because of this stuff, like he's not the asshole for not committing to your sports team. It becomes, you know, it's, it's, it's about what is best for him. And look, the Lakers, and we're going to talk about like what the Lakers will be able to do and, and, and how they'll, they'll handle all of this, but, but the Lakers stand behind him as well. And so, so long as his teammates and uh, the organization and he are all on the same page, it's not really for anybody to, to disagree with, with his decision. here. Yeah. That's, that's where I'm at too, man. That's, it's his, uh, you know, the, the, it's an individual decision for every player and he's got, you know, more factors than most, you know, telling him to sit. So yeah, I hope he, hope he enjoys the playoffs just like us. Yep. Uh, all right. So let's take a quick second here. When we come back, we got to talk about the options that the Lakers have right now, both on their roster currently, and obviously the, uh, the choices that they might uh, make here as they, as they try to make up for Bradley, who, you know, especially before all this went down was playing some really good basketball. The Locked On Podcast Network stands against racism and social injustice. That's why we, the hosts, are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for change. And in the month of June, Locked On is matching the total of all host donations up to an additional $10,000. To make your own donation along with us, please visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash Black Lives Matter. Today's show is brought to you by Rock Auto. Head on over to rockauto.com and check out everything that they have to offer for any maker model that you might be you know, needing to do some work on. It is an extremely easy interface to use. I have used it already a couple times here as we get ready to start driving uh, a little more. And, you know, at this stage, I when I drive, I usually have my entire family in the car with me. And it just seems to mean a little bit more uh, to make sure that my car is up and running as, as, it, as it should be. So I go over to rockauto.com. I look for any part that, that I might need to, to fix or replace or whatever. And if I screw up in trying to replace that part, I don't have to sweat it as much as you do when you go to some chain and they say they fixed your car and you spend a fortune on it and it turns out they didn't. Uh, it's, it's a lot easier to A, do this stuff yourself and then B, if I do screw up, I can get angry at myself and also I can just go out there, buy that part again, and it'll still probably cost about as much as it would have cost to go and get it messed up in the first place by by one of those chains. So uh, head on over to rockauto.com. It's a family business. They've been working with people fixing their own cars for 20 years. Uh, and if, when you do go, make sure you write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you. Again, it's rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Avery Bradley is the Lakers' starting point guard. 
uh, de facto starting point guard, obviously. He, he's not your typical point guard. He doesn't play the position the way that we historically think of it, right? Um, he does. Let's start with what he brings to the table, and then we'll move on to things that we think the Lakers will be able to find in his absence. So so let's let's really start, frankly, by by talking about what it is that Bradley did that helped make the Lakers tick. <laughs> Yeah, Brad Bradley, uh, you know, is one of the better ball pressure guards in the league. He's the Lakers' strongest guard defensively, right? Like he can he can get in a guy's chest and use mm-hmm. his chest to initiate contact to kind of bump guys. Really off good of at the angle line. working. Like yeah, good at really, angles. Really, really good at angles. Strong hands. I, I think he's better against bigger ball handlers like he did a great job on Luka Doncic I think that sometimes smaller and quicker guards can give him issues so that's some that's somewhere where Lakers may experience an upgrade depending on where where they go uh with the point guard position um offensively he had been he'd been really streaky this year right like Mm -hmm. he'd been he'd been he shot 36.4 percent from three on the season but those were a lot of like he shoots 15 percent for a while and now he shot 54 (laughs) percent over nine games you know like uh and and like you said before the break a, a big reason why they won those games against the clippers and bucks right before the season started was cause especially in that clippers game um he was he scored 24 points in that game yeah. it was a season high and some monster um, shots too like some and he some took absolute huge shots yeah he took 12 shots in that or 12 threes in that game which was also a season high which uh like defenses you know with lebron and ad they they draw extra attention and from a defense's standpoint then that becomes a matter of okay where do i take the attention from right. and avery bradley as a spot-up shooter was the guy that they were doing that with now when he's making his spot-up threes like he did in that clippers game like it's the lakers become just a pick your poison type team right because like, yeah. you got javel might not space the floor but he spaces it vertically and so you've got lob options around the rim you've got ad able to pop and roll uh and ad's drawing extra attention himself danny green is you know the spot up threat as as well um and so if the obvious guy to pull that attention off of was bradley but when he's shooting well that's the lakers became you know very very difficult to stop so those between his physicality defensively he's the most physical guard the lakers have i count danny green as more of a wing uh, mm-hmm. he's the most physical like point of attack defender the lakers had and that helps in ball screen situations that helps against you know some of the bigger iso guys and then yeah offensively he's a guy that, that provided a little bit of ball handling himself uh and th- those are going to be the main things that the lakers miss and perhaps even more than all of that is the between the ears type stuff, right? Like he's not going to get rattled by a yeah. playoff situation. You know, he's, he's mm-hmm. a vet that would have been there. I also want to add. So one of the things that was always kind of fun to watch, uh, there was, there were two aspects of this that were really fun to watch when Avery Bradley was playing at his best was, uh, for one thing, the Lakers bench, the way that they reacted when he got up in, in guys mm-hmm. chest, like that was really fun to watch. And then online, uh, like you mentioned how he played against Luka Doncic. It was really fun to watch like Kirk and Doyle and the other, uh, Dallas Mavericks fans that, that I follow and am friends with like oh. whine about how he was fouling. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that to me is when you're playing really good defense is when the other, when the other team's like, Oh God, Speaking of, uh, 
he really pisses off Clipper fans for some reason. I guess oh, his time there yeah. was not. So yeah, like him scoring 24 on the Clippers was, <laughs> was rather nice in that same, in that same vein. Your point though, about like how the bench would react to him getting into guys as a man defender. That's one thing that I worry about. Like when he went out earlier in the season, AD made a comment about how they were issuing the Avery Bradley challenge, which meant everybody get up for each game defensively and really mm-hmm. take pride in that. And, you know, we can debate the, the, specifics of Bradley, uh, his on-ball defense, off-screen yeah. defense, help defense and all that. But guys who can help instill a mentality in a team yeah. defensively have intangible and and value that's difficult to quantify, right? Mm-hmm. In, in AD's head, who's probably the best defensive player in the NBA, mm-hmm. if AD's a guy... That One of the goes, best defensive players I've ever seen. <laughs> that's right. And, if, but, and so if a guy like that is going, yo, like Avery Bradley, that's the guy who gets us up on defense, yeah. right? Like he, that's, I mean, no real higher compliment in terms of what he means from a mentality standpoint, from a competitive standpoint, that's going to be something that's going to be difficult to replace. Cause you know, like even a guy like Caruso, Caruso's got a lot of uh, great defensive qualities. He's also not a veteran the way that Bradley is. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's going to be difficult to, to replace. Lakers are definitely going to miss him. Yeah. I mean, this is where, this is kind of where we get into that debate of, all right, so Kobe is is not exactly popular amongst the Vorp crowd, but uh, players all look at him and say like that's a, that's a bad mf'er, right? And mm-hmm. and here with Avery Bradley, there are obviously stats that point to like Caruso being a more impactful defender, and mm-hmm. and other guys on the team, you know, maybe being better situationally and, well, and stuff like and, that. And and he might be well, Caruso is a hell of a defender, he right? Is. Like that, yeah. like both, both Bradley and Caruso can be really good, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, right. Well, what I mean though, is that like, this is where we can't discount something just because it kind of runs counter to how we think about the game. Right. And, and guys like Bradley or Kobe, for example, that to me, those guys expose some of the holes in the strictly analytics approach Yeah, that it's, but by just taking that approach, you're, you're implying that those numbers cover everything that needs to be covered or cover enough to be covered about what basketball is to reliably put a number on a player's impact. When I think that we're not there yet, yet statistically, we're not really that close to being there. We should keep working toward getting there, especially on defense, man. If we're, you know, 10, 15 years away from really getting good at quantifying defense and defensive impact, I wouldn't be surprised just at the pace that, that how far away I think they are Mm -hmm. from, really quantifying that. Um, so yeah, Avery Bradley is an example of a guy where players will really, you know, speak up for his value on the defensive end. Whereas you look at some of the analytics and they have him as a middling to even below average defender. Yeah. Let's take a quick second here. We'll talk about the Lakers options, both on their roster and off it, uh, you know, in, in, in the directions that they might go in to replace the minutes that he was going to provide. Today's show is brought to you in part by Built Bar. They have continued to support us, so I really hope that we continue to support them. And, you know, one way that I really, the best way really to to do so, aside from obviously going out and buying a box yourself, is to uh, continue to tell your family and friends about this company. I have mentioned a couple times in passing that I have, you know, passed the long word of Built Bar over to my brother-in-law, Matt. Uh, I 
showed him a, a couple other of their uh, of their newer flavors here the other day. He really enjoyed those, and I was doing it actually at his parents' house. We got together for Father's Day this last weekend, and you know his family are all trying to lose weight right weight right now, just as we all are. And his dad asked, "Hey, what what are those things?" And we had him try out one. It was a salted caramel one, and I I, I told him, "Yeah, this is his company. They they work with us here on the show. They've been great. You should check out this box." He went out and bought one and is thrilled by it. Sent me a text this morning in, in the typical bear fashion, all, all excited about the uh, the bar that he just tried out. So head on over to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON to save $10 off your first order. And then tell your friends and family about it. It's it's a great company. It's, it's one of those things where after they take a bite, they ask, like, why didn't you tell me about this before? And then you say, well, because... Oops. So again, builtbar.com, promo code locked on to save $10 off your first order, and then tell your friends about it. So I am talking to uh, the Los Angeles Lakers' newest hire. Is this is this what they brought you in for? Like, do have you been? <laughs> yeah, downplaying this, slow playing. Breaking this? news. Yeah, I'm, I'm the I'm the new starting point guard. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Pete, as the starting point guard of the Los Angeles Lakers, following Magic Johnson's footsteps. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Say that one more time, so my inner five year olds can just. <laughs> and introducing from. <sighs> Whatever high school he went to. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Standing at. All right. So let's. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> touche. Touche. Um, all right. So uh, on the late, let's start with on the Lakers roster. Uh, the obvious choice that like it, I would, will just scream from the mountaintops. Please let this actually happen is obviously let Alex Caruso. Let's, let's try to find out over the next handful of games before the Lakers actually play playoff games. If he can scale up, right? Like to this point, he's played really good in a smaller role, obviously than we would like, but can he actually scale up? That's, that's to me the best path forward. It's also one of the less likely paths forward that I think they'll take. It is. I also don't think it's the only thing that makes it complicated. So the Lakers run a lot of the same action that they run for Avery Bradley is the same action they run for KCP and KCP Mm -hmm. is the guy who has, when Bradley's been out in the past, he's been the guy that's filled that starting lineup role. Like, so for example, out of that horn set where each of them will start in the left corner and then they'll get a handoff from the elbow. Right. And then that flows into either that mid range pull up or a lob for Dwight or JaVale or something like that. Like they run that play both for KCP and for Avery Bradley. So a lot of like the sets and actions by putting KCP in there rather than Caruso, it allows you to do the same things you were going to do anyway. Whereas Caruso, will force you to change it up and yeah. and kind of run different action. No, there's an argument. Maybe that's what they should do. Right. But uh, I, I think from a continuity standpoint, it's, you know, that's the argument for KCP. Whereas Caruso, I'd, I mean, I'd like to see it. I'd like to, to see it tried. You know, I, I think he's a guy that's um, that provides man, those minutes with LeBron and AD just defensively with JaVale swatting. Danny Green is a help defender. Um, KCP is, you know, obviously a very good defender, too. There's just a there's a speed and, and tenacity. All the you know, KCP brings it. I don't know. 
I'm debating this with myself. Well, I mean, I, look, then this is, you know, we just talked about the difference in analytical, analytical approach to an, an, uh, analysis. Good Lord, Anthony, analytical <laughs> approach to analysis and, and, you know, also identifying some of what players value. And I think this is another version of that conversation, right? Where the guys are probably going to look at KCP and say, well, this is somebody that we've rode with before. And then, you know, they're also going to look at uh, Alex Caruso and the numbers with Caruso are so loud. Like, like sure. him, the, the combination of him and LeBron, I believe is one of the best two player combinations in the NBA, right? With, oh, him I mean, and LeBron is the, is yeah. the best in the NBA. Right, right. So like the numbers are loud enough to where that's where I'm saying, all right, let's actually give this a go. But also we got to take some of what the players are talking about into account here and saying, and, and look, KCP makes sense on, on a couple uh, in a couple of regards too, right? It, he stretches the floor better than Alex Caruso does. That's got to be something that they have to take into mm-hmm. account offensively here, especially when they get to the playoffs, right? And everything is really going to gum up. You know, I, 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 this is wild to say, but by the time this season, uh, but by the time we hit pause on this season, when KCP was shooting, I was surprised it wasn't going in. Like that, he became that kind of a player to me, which is one of the biggest upsets in recent sports history. So like there are, there are reasons to go in KCP's way too. It's just that the, the, the numbers are so loud with Caruso that I really want to see what that looks like scaled up a bit. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's choosing between two pretty good options. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my first instinct was like, Oh, start Caruso. Right. And, and for all of the reasons that you mentioned and uh, just that defensive combo and that trio um, I'm, I'm skewing more toward KCP after thinking about it more, because I do think the importance of continuity is big here. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I think you can have your cake and eat it too, in that you can have that continuity with that group and Avery Bradley being out, that's 24 minutes per game to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, um, and so that's going to be more, I mean, more of a role for Crusoe either way. Right. right? Um, and yes. So I, I don't think that you have to really choose between the two, but I think with the, the more I think about it, the more I think with the first group KCP makes sense just to keep things, especially with such a weird, like restart changing things in the nature of things right now is probably not, not to a team's benefit. The least, interesting conversation we can have here is a Ronda one. So I'm going to go ahead and skip that. Cause it also kind of puts you in a weird spot. Uh, yeah, we're going to have to navigate that, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's well without, we can't, I mean, it's not really tampering, right? Cause neither of them are employed. Right oh yeah. Now. I've been, I've been thinking about this all night. I was like, <laughs> I have to podcast tomorrow. Can I talk not, about this? It's not tampering because technically right. J.R. Smith is not employed by another team. He's not with the team. Mm-hmm. And Dion Waiters was signed before this thing, uh, before we hit pause on the season anyway. Right. So yeah, he's already a Laker. Yeah. yeah. So we can technically have this conversation without getting you fired on your day off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I haven't even released a video yet. Let's not do that. Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's start with Dion Waiters here. Is there an argument for him to get any of those 24 minutes? Yeah, he's there like in case of no shot creation break glass guy, yeah. right? Like guy who can get his own shot. I don't think yeah, I I don't think so. I think I think especially with the lack of continuity with the team like you said has not played a single minute yeah. with the Lakers yet. I think he's like, you know, somebody gets hurt, something happens like that. He's 11th 
ish in the rotation type of guy. So I, I don't think so. Do you think he, he's got a chance at some, some run there? It's funny. Most of me says no, right? Like 95% of me says no, but there's that 5% of me that like orders a shot when I shouldn't at the end of a night, you know, mm-hmm. that says like, yeah, but couldn't he also have one of those wild runs where he swings a playoff game or wins a playoff game? <laughs> so this is a good point to me. The best you think about playoffs have certain is playoff games have certain parts of the game or games that have a certain personality to them. And there are some playoff games where you've got like 19 points with seven twenty six left in the second quarter. Like your offense is sucked. You're shooting yeah. 23% from the field. You can't get a good look like, man, throw, throw Dion waiters out there yeah. for give him eight minutes. It was kind of like this with Lance last season, right? Mm-hmm. Like that type of guy to like throw him out there for, to see if he can ungunk the world works yeah thing get something going and maybe he doesn't have it right but he's a guy that can on a team that's so built around the talents of lebron and ad if something is not working with that say ad's in foul trouble right and lebron needs to sit for a few minutes okay how are we gonna create a shot then might be the time right there for Dion waiters rather than having trying to get unfamiliar shot creators to get guys open looks when the best defense of the season is being played, you know, a guy like Deion waiters can come in handy there. Yeah. I've been playing a lot of fallout four lately. And, uh, you know, every so often you'll run, run into a spot where, you know, there's this, there's this one gun, it's called the fat man, which, you know, of course I'm going to talk about the fat man gun, but it fires what's called the mini nuke. And it could go like, it could it, like, quite frankly, <laughs> it's as likely to kill you as well as everybody else in the room with you as it Got is it. to like actually do the job. And, and he just feels like you, you always, I always have that thing. It's, it's loaded with like one mini nuke. And if the boss that I'm going up against right there is so tough, then I'm like, you know what? I, I'm going to restart this level anyway. I might as, I may as well go to this card. Let's try this thing out. That's what, that's what Dion waiters feels like to me. Um, let's finish here on, on J.R. Smith because there has been, you know, a few rumors now swirling about his potential addition to the team. He did work out for the Lakers uh, before all of this began. I, I, I am still, I don't think it's a hot take at all, right? To say that he's one of the most talented players the NBA has really seen. <laughs> like, like just in terms of sheer talent, this dude at one point was competing for slam dunk contest and three point contest. Like, that does not yeah, happen he, very often. Uh, yeah, no, he, he had a lot of tools he, and, and still does, right? I mean, he, we haven't seen him play in a couple of years. That's something that's, that'll be interesting to just see how far away from the ability to contribute in an NBA game he is because yeah. it's been a minute. Um, but that said, he'd been doing this a long time. And the Lakers don't have a lot of size on the yeah. perimeter and wing. Especially We've in talked about spot. this, right? Yeah, like that first game against Boston at, at the Celtics. There were, and there were a few games like that this year against some of the better teams before we got those last two wins that made us feel a whole heck of a lot better <laughs> on how we were playing against the better teams. Um, the Lakers were having issues with with six, seven to six, ten guys, yeah. right, that can handle the ball. They were just bigger, faster, and stronger than anybody but LeBron, really, that we had on, on the wing. And so... Um, J.R. Smith just being 6'5 and knowing how to defend, you know, like just knowing where he's supposed to be, you know, that that's that's something that just having that size at that spot would be something that we don't have a lot of. So I think he'd be helpful. And obviously the spot up shooting would, would be great. 
Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing is, can you get, can you put somebody out there when some team is just absolutely loaded up to stopping LeBron and stopping Anthony Davis and nobody else out there can hit a shot. Can you throw J.R. Smith out there just to give, just to allow LeBron to breathe a little bit Mm -hmm. like that, that to me is, is where there's value here. And if the Lakers have an open roster spot anyway, in this, in this case, I don't, I don't see really the downside in, in adding J.R. Smith. I, or put differently, I don't really, especially now that we know, because the, the deadline was yesterday, right? So we now know who all is, is going to Orlando. The Lakers have what they're going to you know need at just about every other position. You have this open roster spot. Let's give, let's give J.R. Smith a, a try. Let's just see what happens. Let's just see how it goes. Yeah, I'm good with it. He was somebody that was, you know, rumored earlier before, you know, before the stoppage. And he, he's a guy that makes a lot of sense for, for all those reasons you mentioned. Yeah. No point in having an empty roster spot heading out to Orlando. None whatsoever. No. All right. That's going to do it then for this episode of the uh, Locked on Lakers podcast. Uh, hopefully we didn't get you fired. I'm really, I'm really hoping we, you know, we, we avoided that. Um, we're going to see how, what the, what decisions the Lakers come to here as they head out to Orlando. And and as they now are, are forced to make this decision to replace somebody who was really an important player, especially when the Lakers were playing their best basketball, it was (laughs) in large part because Avery Bradley was playing some of his best basketball. Um, so, so, you know, how the Lakers go about figuring this out is going to be really interesting to watch. Um, that's going to do it for this episode of, of, of the show. We will be back tomorrow to figure out whatever, uh, comes out of what, how they're going to go about addressing this. Uh, but for now, have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's check out rockauto.com. We'll talk to you tomorrow.